This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash DJForceX. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and welcome to the DJ Force X podcast episode 78. My special guest this week is Paul Smith. He is the front man from the band Maximo Park. Uh, they have just released a new album called Risk to Exist. It is out now on Cooking Vinyl uh, via all good stockists, both physical and digital. Uh, so yeah, go check it out after this. It was a great little interview to have because um, I really enjoyed Maximo Park back in my time in England. Uh, back in the sort of mid to mid to late 2000s and uh, this kind of put me re- back in touch with them uh, once I heard this new album I was like awesome and then kind of got off for the interview and I'm like yeah go for it love it awesome so yeah um, enjoy it hopefully uh, you will I enjoyed talking to him so that's all good um, but yeah uh, this might be there's probably gonna be one more podcast before I leave the US of A um, I've got public uh, public service broadcasting coming up um, that should be towards the end of June. Then I might, well, I should, I've definitely, I've got it, but, uh, I'm going to see how this pans out, but I've got, um, basically a press pass for the Vans Warp Tour over here in Florida, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, check out vanswarptour.com for tickets. If you're anywhere in the States, it's currently just about a kickoff, a huge tour around the States. It's a huge touring festival for those who don't know about it. Um, but yeah, I've been given a press pass for that. So I'm hoping to knock in a couple of interviews with some of the bands playing. Uh, I've already had one definitely confirmed with me, a previous guest on the show, but you'll have to wait to find out what that is. Uh, I'm going to see what kind of format this kind of falls out in as well, because I've not done a live uh festival before i've done live shows so it's kind of a bit more one-on-one this might be a little bit more hectic a little quicker so it might be a whole bunch of interviews i might just do a feature show on the vans warp tour or i might break it up kind of do a kind of part one part two depending on what i get from it uh but i'm hoping to capture some video some audio some visual um all that kind of good stuff um for total rock as well as um my site and uh the other radio stations I'm on the mix and um full frequency radio um but yeah that's exciting news and then i'm back in the uk after that where i'm going to start trying to link up with a lot of the uh uk folk that i've kind of uh missed so far uh maybe get some one-on-one some face-to-face uh interviews with some of them some upcoming bands that i've kind of got my arm right now that i want to get in on the show and uh, a couple more of the more established acts to kind of help the show profile wise to help these smaller bands get a bit more uh bit more profile really um but again thank you for downloading this streaming this however you're listening to it via my website djforcex.com uh, you can go there find all the links you need for the podcast and crossing the streams which is my music show on total rock the mix and full frequency radio so yeah uh check out all my stuff uh hit me up on the twitter at djforcex uh or even on facebook which is facebook.com forward slash djforcex i'm also on instagram you guessed it djforcex not many people have that name so that's kind of lucky on that front um but yes this is paul from maximo park enjoy
Well, welcome to the show, Paul. Um, thank you again for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate your time. No problem. Cool. Um, and uh, yes, um, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in temporarily sunny Newcastle. And uh, so that if there's any time delay down the line, I must apologize for that on behalf of uh, the United Kingdom. <laughs> you don't need to apologize for anything right now. So on the UK <laughs> part of things. Um, so yes, uh, Maximo Park, um, you just released a new album a couple of weeks ago uh, called Risk to Exist. Uh, it's out on Daylighting uh, and Cooking Vinyl. Um, so yeah, uh, tell me a little bit about that. What's the, um, oh, it's probably a bit of a vague question. <laughs> uh, it's a great album. I'll just go from there. It's a great album. I've been listening to it. Um, it's been on rotation with me since I got it a few weeks ago. And, uh, it's got this real cool kind of like disco funky vibe to it. Um, it's, it's quite uh, minimalist in approach. I think was that a deliberate thing or was that more of a, is that how the band's been going? Yeah, I, th I think it was quite deliberate. I think in the past we've often crammed the songs with as many different things as we possibly could, whether it's hooks or words or um, all of the instruments doing doing things at, at the same time. Whereas I think over the last few albums we've found a bit more space in the music, and that's allowed us to to do what we've done on this record. And as a, as a band. I think we're at the top of our game in terms of playing live and we're really tight and work well together. So we went off to Chicago to record with Tom Schick, who is, I suppose, best known for his work with Wilco. And when we said we wanted to work with him due to the, the, the sound that he gets on the records that he makes, um, he said, do you want to come to Wilco's studio? And we were obviously very excited about that. Mm. And yeah, I think you can hear the, the 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 fact that it's a band in a room playing, but we're not you know we're not too traditional. You know, we like to we like to experiment with the sounds that we've got, and you know, Luke's our keyboard plays quite into techno, and um, I suppose being being the keyboard player, he can inject some quite strange sounds into the into the mix, more modern things and. For the, as for the rest of us, we can, you know, in in the the way that we recorded the record, we could just play and enj enjoy the the sound of of just playing together. So, I think when you're playing, you know, there's not too many overdubs on the on the record. You were just playing around with things. Although there are, there are a few cameo appearances, we had we had a, a brass trio playing on the record, and we had Mimi Parker from the incredible band Law. Oh, nice. um, who are on sub pop records and yeah we, we we added a few a few extra things towards the end of it but yeah essentially the record has a lot of space in it for us doesn't mean that it's particularly ambient and it doesn't mean that it's uh <laughs> too too much slower than than other things that we've done but it's yeah there's a bit more space in the arrangements and that allows the groove to breathe if i can sound a bit muso for a moment <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know it's, it's it's it goes in different directions for us whilst you know evolving our our signature sound and you know it's still it's still music that hopefully people can connect with and enjoy on an emotional level but yeah there, there is a bit more funk in there and we feel like you know six albums in you can kind of get away with anything really you've established who you are as a band and it allows you the time and space to to do other things yeah i agree i mean it totally it, it sounds like you uh if that makes um 
any sense. I mean, I've, I've been on board with you guys since, well, I heard our velocity back in, was that early, mid-2000s? Yeah, t- 2007, I think. 2007, okay. So, uh, yeah, I was in the UK at that point and, and a very much a radio listener. Um, and that song really took me and, and I really enjoyed it. And then obviously I discovered the rest of your um, your tracks at that point. And, and just it, it sounds like when I heard this new album, because I hadn't heard you, to be perfectly honest, for about probably three or four years, just purely from being out of the music scene in the UK. Um, and here it's very different how people discover music, especially radio. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of like kind of, um, what do they call them? Like the playlists, but they're a lot of the older tracks because advertisers won't advertise with them unless those tracks are played because they're popular tracks, even if they're 20, 30 years old. <laughs> um, but no, I got back on board because I, I started this uh, radio show and all that kind of stuff, and and started getting my like promos back in again. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, "That sounds like you guys." It's got that. It's got your kind of signature sound on it. Um, but like I said, it, it feels very kind of like a little bit stripped back. But as you said, you're, it's a band playing in a room, so there's a lot of a lot of ambient between you guys, a lot of air, um, and it really does like. It, it like listening to it in headphones it does sound like a band in a room rather than a band tracking everything like one by one you can kind of feel the uh you can feel the music being played um yeah well the, the, i mean it, in the past we have we've tried to keep the energy of of the band and we've always been a live band first you know that's how most yeah. bands start out they're playing in pubs or in clubs and then they make the first record and go on from there and you know, for us, we wanted the energy of us playing live on the records, but we'd always tracked it. You know, we'd always managed to have that spark and that, that energy on the records somewhere. But we also like the idea of crafting something and, and of using the studio as a tool and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, this was the first time that we've actually just played live in a, in a room and mostly got it on, on the records. I think we, we did a little bit of that on our third record Quicken the Heart, which was also coincidentally recorded in in America, oh. in uh, in Los Angeles with a guy called Nick Lawney, nice. and so we'd we'd experimented with it before, but it, that that record still sounds pretty processed. And Lucas was doing a lot of arpeggio stuff, kind of programmed stuff on his keyboards, mm. and and so yeah, this this one definitely, as as you say, has that a bit more room to breathe. Cool, cool. So, um, recording in the states. Obviously, I you just said you recorded in LA for your third album. This one you recorded in Chicago. Now, Chicago is a. Uh, uh, so, did you did you feed off the atmosphere of Chicago at all? Because in the, like what I see in the news here, Chicago is one of those places. It's not. It, it's it's there's a lot of crime, a lot of a lot of uh, sort of um, poverty and 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 things like. That. I've got friends who I work with who are from that neck of the woods, and they. Um, they, they say it's there's a lot of places that are very run down. Did you did you feed off that in the record? Because there is some like political kind of um, lyrics in there um, uh, regarding the the sort of like situation of the world, if you will. Um, and basically, when you were here, did you feed off the news that was here? I don't know what sort of period you were here. I'm assuming you were here kind of pre-election. We were. Um, we were. We were actually. Uh, we. I touched down and the got to my hotel and the first thing that was on was the the i think it might have been the second presidential debate between clinton and trump and okay. so we were thrown right into quite a febrile political atmosphere yeah. when we got to the to the states and 
for the the duration of our time there, it was something that you couldn't really ignore. And being the kind of people that we are, we, you know, we're quite engaged with current affairs and you know with the world around us. And on this record, that comes to the fore. You know, it's a bit yeah. more explicit than some of the uh, you know in the past. Perhaps more more of the political points that were within the records were more ambiguous and buried and and you know if you were wanting to get into it you could you know they're, they're kind of quite clear yeah. but ultimately the songs went in a more broad brushstrokes kind of direction and it could be a love song it could be about this it could be about that yeah. whereas i think um on this record we definitely tried to have the lyrics being less ambiguous but also but still having those um, universal elements in, and and not to talk down to people about things, or to tell tell people how to think and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's songs like "What Equals Love," which you know it, it's it's about being betrayed in some way during the verses, and the chorus is about trying to recapture something or to find compassion and love and empathy and that kind of thing. And so you know, I, I still think that people can look at the songs in whatever way they they feel. Um, but the, the, there are certain words in there that make make it so unambiguous that you know if you if you want to get what the song is about, you know, just yeah. putting a word like government into a song <laughs> gives you the, it gives you no no room for manoeuvring in what it's about. Yeah. Having said that, if you are, are sick of politics and sick of all that, you know that kind of thing, you can still listen to the song and probably get get a lot of other things out of it but to go back to your question um you know the, it, i think it reaffirmed a lot of the the topics that were on the record and a lot of it was it was written before the uh, decision for for britain to leave the european union as well okay. and a lot of people have said oh yeah that song's about brexit and <laughs> it's not but it is you know the, yeah. the, un unfortunately a lot of the songs are still very relevant which when we were writing it we were trying to try not to be too explicit in terms of naming names um because you you know we want the songs to be timeless yeah. and there's always going to be some sort of struggle going on in the world whether it's in a very personal context or in a broader context so i think you know we, we were definitely trying to craft the songs in that way and um the guy, max one of the guys who was playing the horns and did some arrangements for the for the horns on the record he said this is, you know, the first song on the record. What did we do to you to deserve this? He was saying, you know, it feels like somebody needs to be writing these songs. And he was he was very complimentary and said, you know, this this feels like our situation here in America and North America, I should probably say. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's it's testament to the song's power, if, if anything. Uh, I don't want to be too egotistical and say that they're, they're really great and relevant that's up to other people to de decide when they listen to them but just having having people around us give having that affirmation and me as a lyricist when we were writing the records the other guys sort of said oh that, that i'm not quite sure what you mean there and so i would make things a bit more explicit on this record because i think if you are going to stand up and say something um about issues that you care about you, you know you, you need to be less ambiguous than you have been in the past and you know in in the future who knows what we'll do with the songs and i, I think they'll always touch upon the the broader society that's just part of our songs you know i care about the world they're emotional lyrics so inevitably they're going to be about 
more than just you know me staring at my navel in a metaphorical sense um but yeah it was i mean chicago there's definitely an edge to the place it's yeah. as as with most places you, you can go from pure affluence and you know huge buildings that are the the seats of power to pretty rundown neighborhoods and one day me and lucas drove out to see um frank lloyd wright's original office where he started designing buildings and um we drove through some you know pretty poor neighborhoods and it's just yeah i mean it, it's it's a divided nation and mm. uh, as as it is here as well you know i, I think when there's a, a run up to an election and the the aftermath of an election things become more polarized and you you get to see exactly how together people are and that also is extended to the way that politicians talk, you know, and what their themes are, whether they're trying to unite people or whether they're trying to divide people in order to get votes or to get their point across. And so I think the the record totally mirrors that um, in, in some ways. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, yeah, rather than being reflect, reflective of Chicago, I think being somewhere outside of your, your, your hometown or being outside of your home country gives you a chance to look at things from a bit of a distance and mm. i think it you know being being away from home in, in a cool place in, in on the other side of the atlantic also is an inspiration you know being in a in a studio like wilco's and having access to all of jeff tweedy's guitars <laughs> <laughs> and uh and pianos and keyboards and all sorts of weird instruments uh and just you know being being in that creative environment i think that has got to rub off on your record and i think bands sometimes get a little bit laissez-faire and a little bit uh just bored of the process and feel like they're they're churning things out and so we always try and switch it up with every record and try and remain engaged with what we're doing and try you know you just want to make a great record yeah. and whether you do or not is again as i say not up to me to decide but our intentions are to make a record that's relevant to the world that we live in a document of our surroundings or the tastes that we're into at that particular time mm. and yeah be something that's vital and that other people can listen to right there in the moment and for years to come so yeah i think i think the record does reflect the fact that of that where we were in in some in some vague way <laughs> yeah no i mean definitely i was going to say that, that just to reiterate what you said that the music your album is very relevant for now um and i was just like obviously curious on the process of you coming to the states to record it, it it's very um universal in its approach obviously you and i being um obviously i'm from england originally i moved here five years ago um, I'm actually going back next month, so I'm, you know, <laughs> coming back to whatever is going to be decided in the next month or so. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've kind of like I've I've been here for the the for this particular political campaign that's been going on, and it's ongoing. It hasn't stopped. Um, and being in Florida, you're kind of at the the one of the points of it because it's where one of the bases are for his for his weekend away. <laughs> it's near this area so um it, it's kind of it, it, like when it when i listen to it like it, like you say it's a bit more explicit than most it wasn't subtle but it it worked within the song there was a certain phrase i don't have a written down or anything but there were certain phrases within some of the songs like um uh work and then wait that track in particular yeah um had some moments in there and it's that it's that moment of reflection of like ah oh, yeah you do i hear that i hear that overtone on there um and how like and and these songs will work they could have worked 
10 years ago. Most likely they're going to work in 10 years time if things go the way that they're going right now, you know? Um, and it like I feel that it's that some of those songs are very timeless. Um, cause there are songs that you can kind of go through generations, but they still speak to you now, uh, as much as they did when they were first created. So, um, I just want to say well done on that for starters. Cause that's a very, very difficult thing to do for a, on a musician's front. I've been in that, in those shoes and you know, my, the songs I wrote weren't, weren't exactly timeless, but they will live on <laughs> in some format. <laughs> so, um, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a couple of other tracks I really like on the album. Uh, we got, uh, was it risk to exist? The title track, um, the hero as well. I really like that one and, uh, get high, which was one of the singles. Um, so, um, with, with, the with this, uh, album, obviously, uh, it's been out for a couple of weeks now. What, how has it been, um, received by sort of what's your general consensus on the fans and, and, and the press, if the press mattered to you on that front, on the sort of like how well it was received? Well, I think I've, I've not been, I don't, I tend not to read reviews, um, if I can help it. Okay. And the, you know, <laughs> there are a few ones that you end up bumping into yeah. online just because, you know, you're on Twitter or something and posting something and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's hard to hide completely from that and i think some people have really liked the fact that it's about what it's about some people really like the fact that it's you know a bit different from some of our other stuff but still retains the the spirit of the band and i think other people are probably a bit put off um by the the political angle you know i i realized that when we were writing it that you know, some people were gonna were gonna think it's gone too far, and you know, is it, too explicit. Other people were gonna say it's not explicit enough, and it's a bit bit too simple. You know, I think I read somebody saying saying that you know it, it feels like it's very simplistic um, compared to our other material. Uh, but as as I was saying earlier on, you know, I feel like now is not the time to <laughs> to to hide your light under a bushel in terms of what you think about things um there are moments in history where you know if you believe that pop music is an art form which i do yeah. you know i love i love pop music and it affects me really deeply then you know it can it can work in some way as a as, as some sort of tool in order to to even just even if people think the same you know just having the idea that somebody else out there thinks the same way as you is the the key to a great pop song and i say and i say pop um because you know that that's the one thing that unites our band we love punk rock we love hip-hop we love country music especially tom our drummer um <laughs> all sorts of different things but we when we get together because we can rarely agree about exactly what kind of music it is that we all like we we all love pop you know we all love the transformational idea of of somebody hearing your your song and being affected by it if it's on a radio station for three minutes or if they get your record entering your world for 40 minutes and being taken in a, in, in different directions by you as a as a as a, a band um and i think that's that's what you know to is is key to the songs they are in your face in some way you know whether it's the melody or the words mm -hmm. there's got to be something that's hooky and immediate about it but also we we do try and um and give it that more reflective quality and and think about things as well as having that instant quality and i, I suppose to go back to your question um when we've played the songs live that has come out you know something like what equals love 
the first time we played it, people didn't know the song and they, they were jumping up and down. Nice. Um, which we haven't had so much. You know, a lot of the songs on our other records are, are a little bit less danceable. They're more kind of, yeah, I suppose, fast-paced and hooky. Um, and what do we do? Do you deserve this? The the hero, which you mentioned just now. Yeah. They've got a they've got something about them that, uh, you know, when when we were making it, I, I felt like it, there was something undeniably danceable about them you know your, your toes tapping <laughs> even yeah. if you're you might be on the on the bus or on the on the metro and you just this you know might have it on your headphones and you still can't resist a little shuffle to it no. so um <laughs> the, the concerts have been really great that we've been playing over the last few weeks we've just finished um a uk tour and just to know that people like the new stuff as well as the old stuff is it's a it's a relief and b it's a kind of justification of what you're doing it all as you say you know we it still sounds like us so i think the the long-term fans have got something to get their teeth into it moves on a little as well which helps yeah. you know it helps them ask a few questions of well where, where they're going now yeah. and th- those are the kind of questions we ask while we're writing the songs and while we're recording them and yeah, as I say, the immediate quality of something like Get High, No, I Don't. You know, you have all these people shouting, No, I Don't. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of a gap in the song where it goes silent. And even though people know the song, they're still shouting, No, I Don't over it. <laughs> so it's it's been fun, really, just playing the songs. And um, for the rest of the year, it'll be exciting to just go to different places and, and see what people make of it. Nice. Now, I was going to actually, speaking of the live run you have, I, I, I was glancing at your tour dates earlier today. And you've got quite a run going through to the end of the year. Um, are they mainly festivals you're playing? Is it, or is it, is, there is a run of UK dates as well, isn't there? That, that yeah, we've, we've, um, we've just wrapped up the, the UK dates. Yeah. Then we've got festivals after that. And then um, by the time we get to autumn or fall, if you're listening <laughs> in America, um, we, we get to some European dates where we love to go to Germany and France and um Holland and Belgium and Switzerland. Um, so I think we've, we're covering all those places. And then we're actually playing for the first time in Mexico. Um, so we'll be flying over uh, to, to to play a festival mm. with PJ Harvey. I think PJ Harvey and Mogwai are playing. So it's it, it, it's a pretty cool to be able to do that. That'll be the first time that we've ever played in Mexico. Nice. And you, you never know, maybe, maybe we can fit in some US tour dates as well. Oh, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. I did notice those Mexico dates kind of just there. So <laughs> that was actually going to be my next well, question. Was there a chance of a US run at all? So... Yeah, well, you know, look, look out, look out next week on social media, and you never know what might happen. <laughs> All right, excellent, excellent, cool. Sounds good, man. Um, so, um, why you, obviously you've been around, guys have been around for you know a good while now in the music industry. Uh, you've toured pretty much across the world. Um, what is? Have you got a really like uh, most bizarre situation you've ever been in or found yourself in whilst out on tour? Um. Plenty, not not many I can repeat, perhaps. On the, <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I suppose going to Japan for the first time and being mobbed in hotels by fans who who want to give you gifts and um, they've got letters for you and they're you know mostly really sweet people. Just but but yeah, pretty weird when you you know you're in your lobby and there's people coming up and asking for photos and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we first probably the first trip that we went there somebody gave us some pandas that some robotic pandas and i don't know whether they were actually 
faulty or whether it was just the batteries were down but it, it, they, they were making some like evil noises and their <laughs> eyes were flashing red and yeah being in a being in a totally different place where you know you can't you can't read the alphabet um and that kind of thing it's a yeah it, it was quite a full-on experience going going to japan for the first time so that's that's probably one that i can repeat awesome awesome well, that's always yeah it's uh, japan is a uh, it's a fun place it's kind of a uh, it's a jump forward into the future but it's also a step back in time if that makes sense it truly um, is yeah when when you kind of have that uh the fan mentality that they have is kind of reminiscent of you know that kind of like 60s 70s fandom for the big bands of the time um like the beatles and stuff that kind of mania that goes with it um and then but their 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 technology is so far ahead of what they what they put out is is absolutely uh amazing on that front so no it is it's a it's a yeah it's one of those places where it's a big old kind of contradiction if you will so <laughs> but that's all good man all good um so yeah um i've got a couple of questions left for you um just some ones more about yourself um so i'll go with the first one what are your three top albums that kind of have influenced you as a person or as a musician or both that, uh, that you are today um that's uh that's really difficult but i will give it a go um when i when i think of favorite records um i'm i wonder if i wonder now whether i i, I sort of um i had a lot of time on my hands walking to and from university and it was a very formative time where you were meeting new people and yeah. learning about life and learning about different things that you'd never heard of and um so some of my favorite records are from that time and perhaps that's that's similar to lots of people where there's a kind of coming of age or um a, a moment in their lives where they they really get into something and i'd always been you know i've i've always been a music fan and even when i was really really young and everybody at school would be be like what's hippie paul li- listening to now um <laughs> and anybody who liked music was was a hippie for some reason in our okay. school i'm not sure why but there was there was about three or four of us <laughs> who had long hair and <laughs> and listened to the beatles which you know seems pretty tame now but um in my school it, you were seen as a, being a bit unusual um <laughs> but yeah when i got to university there was a record called any other city by a band called life without buildings and it's one of the one of the the records that i can put on and it just absolutely just exhilarates me and the the singer sue tompkins um when i first heard what she was doing it's kind of she's she's an artist actually she does lots of vocal performances where she'll read off things off off a piece of paper and mm. sort of freestyle a little bit it's 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 almost like performance poetry but but very um spontaneous and when i first heard it i was thinking god i'm not sure about this and then i became totally addicted to it and now probably 16 or so or something years since that album came out mm. i still think it's it's just a, a masterpiece you know the music's brilliant um it, it's really just a very stripped back and quite minimal but very melodic sort of very melodic bass lines yeah um it's just yeah they were they were from i think they met at art school in glasgow and just yeah it's just a great great record cool. and everybody else in our band's li- band likes it which is is a rarity yeah um i would also i'd probably go for uh moon picks by cat power again that was another record where it was just so atmospheric and when i was when i was starting to play the guitar i played in an instrumental band and so I loved lots of stuff like Slint and I liked folk, 
guitarists yeah. like Nick Drake or Martin Carthy and Bert Jansch. And I love that finger picking style. And on on Moon Picks, Cat Power was playing with uh, a couple of members of the Dirty Three, who are an Australian band, and Warren Ellis, who's become Nick Nick Cave's right hand man oh. in the Bad Seeds in recent times. Yeah. He played the he plays the violin on that on with with those guys. But it was I think it's the drummer. Jim Weiss and Mick Turner, the guitarist, and I love um, Sean Marshall's um, vocals. You know, I've always thought she's just a great singer. But I, I think on that record, the the band are just so evocative with what they're doing. You know, there's all sorts of movement in the music, and I think she recorded it in Australia with them. And it's so it, to me, it feels just a, a magical record that you, just uh, where they capture what was going on right there at the time, yeah. which is really important. Um, and third, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't, I, you, now I feel like I've got two sort of indie rock records. I should maybe go for something like uh, the Wu-Tang Clan's first album <laughs> or something like that. Cause Candy, if you want when to. that, for, when that <laughs> arrived, I I was just blown away. You know, it felt kind of very different to the the sort of the g-funk stuff that i'd i'd sort of had got me into into rap and the the sort of daisy age stuff like della soul you know when we were kids we would listen to rem and neil young and mm. um and also snoop dogg and warren g and all that kind of stuff and when the wu-tang clan came along it was like whoa these guys are on another level, you know, in terms of the way that the words are put together, you know, the the stuff that RZA was coming up with in the production mm. is just so inventive. It's got its roots in soul music, and I love I love soul singers like Otis Redding and Aretha Franklin, and um, you know, sort of more obscure New Orleans funk and stuff like the Meters and James Brown. Obviously, more kind of bigger names in that respect. Um, but just to have that kind of just that you know there's something infectious about the break beats but yeah something quite spooky in the production um i i got well into lp and the def jux label after that and yeah i think it 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 probably just uh you know i still think that's just uh, just a great record really and so yeah that's that's three three cool. three records that I, I love no thank you for that because those first two i hadn't actually heard of i heard of the couple of the players that you were talking about but not not those particular albums or anything. So uh, I'm definitely going to check those out because uh, I'm always yeah. I'm always on the lookout for new music and stuff I haven't heard. And I think we're roughly around the same age, so it's kind of like I miss these bands growing up at that point. <laughs> so because well, Life Without Buildings are, are pretty were pretty obscure and they didn't yeah. sell many records and they just split up after one record because they all wanted to do different things and it's just a, a total moment in time yeah. and who knows what another record would be like by them. I, I kind of would love to hear it. And in some ways I'm quite happy that it stands alone because it's just such a, a brilliant record. Cool. Yeah. No, definitely. it sounds like a challenge to actually find it as well. If it was one of those ones that kind of came yeah. and went around those times. So I, I do like a good digging session at a record store. So if I find it, I may pick it up. So <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you for those. Um, so um, what are your hobbies away from music? So when you're not performing with Maximo Park, when you're not writing or whatever with them as well, um, what do you do? I, I make more music okay. <laughs> is the sad answer, but not, um, I, I've got, I've got so many songs just written and things just stored away. 
Um, so I do, I, I end up just writing more stuff that's perhaps not, not as poppy as, okay. as Maximo Park, but away, away from that even further. Um, I love football um, or soccer. As you, as you might say, no, I call it um, still. I'm a big <laughs> fan of Middlesbrough, which is where I, I grew up on Teesside. So, you know, you've got to stick with your stick with your, your home team. Yes. And um, so wherever I am, I mean, I, I live in Newcastle and there's a bit of rivalry between Newcastle and Middlesbrough. Um, but Newcastle's the biggest city and I moved here to go to university. So I, I travel back and it's a good way of seeing my friends and just you know, having something to talk about that you can get wound up by, or if you go to a great game, you can, you know, be hugging your pal and go for a drink afterwards and just be excited and and not in it and 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 just be a bit freer as well. Because in the end, what does it what does it mean? Yeah. It kind of means everything at the time and and nothing as well. So yeah. it's easy to kind of switch off and watch football. But I end up watching a lot of football on the TV as well, and I like watching basketball. So I'm going to be keenly watching the nba finals i used to play basketball when i was when i was younger nice. um and we, I, I knew i knew some pretty tall guys <laughs> um and we all used to and one of them actually his family used to go on holiday to orlando and come back with you know all sorts of basketball paraphernalia and he brought back this huge basket a basketball backboard with regulation net and all that sort of stuff that you could wind up and down so we would play in it at regulation height and then he would wind it down so that you know normal normal sized people like me could have a go at dunking um so yeah i I, I love sports and watching watching a lot of sport and it kind of yeah it's it's good to switch off from things and i like reading as well and um i used to be an art teacher actually and i like to draw and paint but Generally, if it's time to switch off, and I've, I've, you know, I've been writing a lot of music that week, then I'll, I'll just try and find a, a football game and go and see if anybody wants to watch it at the pub or something like that. Nice, nice. Yeah, now I'm, I'm a Liverpool fan myself. Um, kind of growing up, not in Liverpool, unfortunately, but I've got family up that way, and it kind of you inherit that um, side of it. As you know, the culture in in football. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's what's quite nice here is actually being able to see every game if I wanted to, because uh, they don't restrict that three o'clock kickoff game off the television here. So that's you- right. I remember getting up and watching that in the studios. Yeah, so I've been quite fortunate, like, to actually watch every, pretty much every Liverpool game this season, good or bad. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like, and and everything else. Like tomorrow, we got the Champions League coming on. It's like at two two o'clock in the afternoon. So. It's a nice early day as well, so uh, which is great. But I'm going to miss that because, obviously, like I said, I'm moving back to the UK um, in July. So um, back to subscribing or going down the pub to watch the game, you know. Yeah. So, which is nice. I'll be, I mean, I'm going to be back down sort of south of England at that point. And uh, my, my hometown team where I was born and near where I was raised is Aldershot Town. So they're kind of – they're not in the major. They're not in the – like top four divisions they're in like one of the uh the conferences i think they were called yeah i don't know what they're called now if they're still called conferences or not i have to look that up There's, yeah <laughs> northern league southern league they've changed all the names yeah so i have to figure i'll figure that one out when i get back but yeah no so uh, that's cool so um finally uh where can people reach out to you guys where's the best place to reach out to you and uh and maximo park probably twitter i would say i would um Paul Smith music and um you know if you're on the bus going you know not doing anything 
check in. I often post what I'm listening to or if I've been to the movies, um, that kind of thing. Just yeah. cultural tips um, <laughs> and Instagram as well. I'm thinking thinking in pictures on Instagram, um, which is a, a line from one of my solo records. And I just post all sorts of things that interest me visually. So it could be a, a shape or it could be a, a sunset or it could be anything. It's not really – it's just a, a stream of consciousness. Awesome. A bit of imagery. Awesome. But yeah, there you go. Cool. Well, thank you for that. Um, just actually one more question. It's at the bottom of my list here. I put this in because a friend asked me. The, the band name, Maximo Park, where, where does that come from? The only reason I ask is there's, a, there's actually a park in Tampa Bay or St. Petersburg, Tampa area uh, called Maximo Park. And they live That's there. right. No, we've, we've, we've heard about that. Okay. Um, it, I think it must be because Duncan, our guitarist, saw a documentary on TV about a park in Cuba in Havana called okay. Maximo Park, Maximo Gomez Park, to give it its full name. Yeah. Um, and it was a place where everybody was just relaxing and sharing opinions and playing dominoes or whatever. And when he was starting to think about a new band, the band that he was in at the time, weren't. it was a kind of one guy doing everything and everybody else was just a kind of supporting cast. So he wanted a band that where everybody had a, a an equal voice and a, and a democratic band. And so he was inspired by seeing this Maximo Gomez park. There was a band called Gomez. So we dropped that bit. Yeah. Um, this is, this was long before I joined the band and um, yeah, it, I, I assume the, the Cuban link um, is, is the, you know, the reason why Maximo park is also in Florida as well. Yeah, no, it must be. We, we've got a heavy, especially in the area I'm in Tampa, it does have a, um, a heavy uh, Cuban influence. Um, in as much as it's supposedly where the Cuban sandwich was invented um, <laughs> down in uh, Ybor, which is a part of Tampa Bay. So, um, no, I was just curious because they, they asked me, obviously, uh, you know, because I, I, I put up that I'm going to be interviewing certain bands and you're one of them. And they were like, oh, are they named after this park? And it just, it was at the bottom of my notes here. So, no, that's cool. Thank you for letting me know that. Um, I'm sorry. But, but yeah, that's it. We've come to the end. So. Thank you very much. All right, man. Well, thank you. And uh, yeah, have a good one. All right. Cheers, Andy. Bye-bye. Cool.